Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Great to have you on board here. If you don't like that, my guest is coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Locally owned for over 20 years, New Works has a fix for you. For your plumbing needs and repairs, just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. And remember, if you happen to have an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem. New Works will be there with their 24-7 service. For your plumbing needs and repairs, once again, that is newworksplumbing.com. N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. My guest on my podcast is my good friend. He is the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. And years ago, decades ago, he would be in my studio doing sports updates on the station in Sacramento. He went to UC Davis. Somehow, someway, he's a diehard Green Bay Packers fan. We'll get into all of that and more, but it's great to welcome to the podcast in person, Eric Hasseltine. What's up, buddy? How are you, man? You just made me feel a little old there. I do remember those days, though, being in the studio and uh, doing updates uh, in that be- what was then the beautiful new studios on Madison Avenue. How about that, huh? That's, they're gone. <laughs> That's, wow. I drove by there the other day. It's not exactly a pleasant place it looks like yeah. right now. So, When was, uh, what was your first memory of being in a work environment with me? Oh, uh, I, I remember it well. Um so I had been doing college radio for uh, three years at Davis. I had, I had gotten a great opportunity there, um, became the sports director, uh, and became the voice of the football and basketball team on the campus station. So I always wanted to take my next step, and I was ready to do that and started looking around and uh, sent didn't even send the tape that got me the interview at KHTK. In fact, uh, our old buddy Randy Policar sent it out there. Um, he had filled in for my partner on a talk show who had become sick, very sick with cancer, passed away eventually from it. So Randy stepped in and helped me out, took the tape to Mike Ramey, and Mike said, hey, have the other guy give me a call. I kind of, I kind of felt bad about that. but um, So I got a call, and they said, hey, we need you to fill in. Uh, for Sportsline 1140 doing updates for Jason Ross. I said, okay. So I got everything ready. And, I'm, you know, look, I grew up in that area for, you know, a couple of years in middle school and then lived in the Bay Area but still kept close ties to Sacramento. And then when I got back up there, I listened to you guys. I watched you guys on TV and all that stuff. 
So I'm like, well, God, I don't want to, I don't want to screw this up. So I, I read through it, got it done. You were on remote. And uh, the second one, needless to say, did not go as well as the first. <laughs> <laughs> a few stumbles here or there. Probably the whole thing, I just felt like I butchered it. And uh, I remember you hit the talk back and you said, you said, boy, it's good to get somebody in here, a young guy in here with some talent. That's that's a good hire. And I forgot who the board ops, the board ops name is. Good dude. Uh, said, oh, man, you know, it's his first day. And you're like, no, I'm serious. He's good. Tell the kid he's good. So and then, you know, we, we'd constant we'd occasionally run into each other in the hallway. I wasn't there on a regular basis, like a full time employee. I did whatever I could to be around the station. And then just getting to know you through that, you know, and seeing you at games and, and just um, that work environment, that was fun. Like being when they, they set up the update board in your studio, I could be more comfortable in there working and not bothering you when you're doing a show. Um, the thing I always told people is, you know, it, it's you see a different guy when the microphone goes off than you do when it's on. And so, uh, man, it was awesome. That was such a just a, a an amazing time. And, you know, for me, just going from Davis where I mean, it's to me, it's still amazing this day. You got Jason Ross, Scott Marsh, who does Davis games now and myself came one, two, three. And all of us went on to pursue a career. And that that's rare for a non broadcasting school like davis davis is not known for broadcast not syracuse it's not fordham it's not missouri and so to be able to then go work with those guys and work with you and at the time brian wheeler then jim cosimore came uh right after i got there and so it was a it was an eye-opening experience talk about your arrival in memphis yeah because you were right on the fence your career could have gone completely differently and yet you ended up going and following your heart to Memphis. Yeah, it was um, – I was very close twice to to, ch- to taking a different path. Uh, the one time when, when Mike Ramey called me, I, I had my car packed to go move back to Lake Tahoe. I had spent the summer of 1996 working in Zephyr Cove at a jet ski rental shop and – uh, at nights I was working dealing blackjack at Harris and I loved it and I loved the people up there and I thought okay well I don't the office life business life just did not seem like it was my calling even though I was good with numbers good with math I just didn't I liked the interaction with people I wasn't going to do well in a cubicle um, and I loved what I was doing so what my plan was to go back to Lake Tahoe continue to infer, intern for Tim Sharp at Channel 13 and try to pursue TV because I figured there's more opportunities to go to a small market and TV. You know, you're a one-man band. You're carrying your camera. As you know, you've done it. Um, And then try to find something bigger. There's just more opportunities in TV than radio. And so there was a site called broadcastingjobs.com and I kept looking on that. And so Mike calls, I get the job with KHDK and then I'm now looking at everything I've done now, more basketball, more football. I've sent tapes to NFL teams. I've sent things to colleges. And and one day on this site, there was just this NBA experience, you know, wanted for a radio station in Memphis to be a talk show host and and host coverage of the the NBA team potentially coming to Memphis. Basically, the Grizzlies are moving from Vancouver. And there were two, and there was another one that was a little more detailed, and uh, that station did not get the games, uh, but it, was, it, it wasn't even really an opening. It was a weird deal. And then the other one was the station that got the games, and so I just 
kind of just doing, you know, your due yep. diligence when you're young. You send out hundreds of tapes and resumes, you know, basically a month. You're just constantly turning you're flooding them out. the market. Yeah. Yep. Somebody's going to somebody's going to bite. Somebody's going to bite. And it was September 11th. And I think uh, I want to say you were had that day off initially. And obviously, we all know what happened in the morning. Um, just one of the darkest days in our country's history. And um, I'm sitting in my living room in Folsom and or in my bedroom, actually. And my now ex-wife comes running in. We were engaged at the time. She goes, hey, you got to wake up and see what's going on on TV. She was a teacher. And I said, I got to work tonight. Like, I'll, I'll bring you lunch. I'm, I'm, I've got the day off. I'm going to prepare for the show. And she said, no, 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 you really got to come see this. And that's when I knew something was up. And I went in and see the second plane hit the tower and you're just like whoa this is a complete change so now you're worried about everything going on around california because we're in the capital city mike ramey gives me a call and he goes hey we're gonna bring in stan atkinson today grant's gonna come back so uh, you know you're off the hook i said yeah totally understand we're not talking yeah, right. sports today and during that afternoon i got a call from memphis and this guy says hey uh this is dan frazier and WHBQ in Memphis, we got your tape. We really like it. Uh, we'd like to have you come out for an interview. And I think my line was, Dan, I'm not sure if you've been watching the news or not, yeah. but uh, I don't think anybody's flying anytime soon, my man. <laughs> like, right. like, what are you talking about? And he said, yeah, I know. We'll, we'll get it. Can you make us another tape? And can you come on a show? And I was like, okay, like, why do you need another tape? Like, it's yeah, right. the same thing. But as you know, some guys in our business will go in a studio and it's not real it's not live radio it's it's a it's a mm -hmm. script and i just always anytime i filled in for you or filled in for co's mostly co's because co's would yep. jump in and or do a weekend show i'd just make a tape and then i'd find a good 10 minute segment and i'd just keep them so it wasn't hard to do that and so i sent it off and i went out there and man it was it was tough because my ex was firmly entrenched there she had a daughter that was 12 at the time, um, or no, 14 at the time when I met her, she was 12. And, uh, you know, they had lives and they had families there. And, you know, uh, my dad was in the Bay Area. Uh, my mom was in Sacramento, but that wasn't a, a driving factor for me. Like, I, I knew this was mm -hmm. what I was going to do. And so that was a big factor in the decision. I went out to Memphis, got on the air on a Thursday. Remember, at the time, I was driving down every Monday and Wednesday to cover the Raiders, cover the coaches, cover Rich Gannon, cover Jerry Rice, that great team, those great teams that they had. And uh, I was doing the Sunday post game show. So I was happy because I was about, yep. I was doing Davis football. I was going to do Davis men's and women's basketball that summer or that's that winter. And I was covering the Raiders and our post game show was getting a lot of coverage. And I was like, okay, I'm really starting to build a, a role here. And, uh, I got out there and the Raiders were great. Um, they got me a, a guy named Tony Brown, who had been mm -hmm. on the defensive line out of Florida State as a guest. And I did an hour, and I started at 6 Central Time, and at 7.01, the boss came in and said, job's yours if you want it. And I said, well, hang on, let me make a couple phone calls here. And I called my my fiance, my ex-wife now, and, and said, hey, you know, this is, this is on the table. What do you think? And she says, you know, you, it's your call if you think this is the best thing for us and our family. I said, okay, well, let me make a couple. I called you, and you were very upfront and honest, as you always are, and you're like, look, man, you got to go where you can take the next step as much as no one here wants you to leave. That's what you got to do, and called a couple others, and so I, I accepted the deal that night about a half an hour later, and 
Uh, next thing I knew, I was packing up a Jeep and yeah. driving. I had a, I had a tow, uh, one of the U-Haul tows, and I got to pick that up. And I had, a, at the time, a soft-top Jeep. And they're like, well, we can't rent to you. I said, why not? Like, you have to have a hard top. I was like, well, could somebody have told me this? So I just have to unpack this whole thing and, like, pack up this That's Jeep, funny. drive out across the country. Um, I get out there the day of the first open practice. My first experience was going to a Memphis Tigers football game, which not many people went to back then. Um, got to know a couple of the guys that work there, but it was off and running. It was I mean, like a light switch went off, and you were yeah. in Memphis, and you're doing pre and post, and you're doing all of that. Mm-hmm. And then the guy that was uh, the first ever announcer uh, for the Grizz, uh, Dom Poyer, uh, yeah. God rest his soul, uh, passed away in a hotel room, the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. And anyone that knew Don, loved Don, you would never hear a bad word about Dom no. Poyer. And before you know it, you become the play-by-play announcer for the Memphis Grizzlies. And it's pretty interesting because Don was one of these individuals that probably could have done the Grizzlies games for as long as he wanted to. He could still be doing the Grizzlies games. Absolutely. And I just wonder how different your career would have been. But that had to be an incredibly difficult time. But on the other hand, his horrible, untimely death opened up a whole new door for you. And I know that Don's wife had a lot to do with you being able to make that transition. Oh, she's amazing. Barb Poyer is, uh, she's a rock. And uh, in in a very difficult time was a rock for a lot of people that, you know, maybe she needed more of us to be a rock for her. And I can't thank her enough ever and still talk to her. Um, Yeah, it was... It was a wild first three years. You know, Jay Will came out and <laughs> we laughed because yep. we'd both come from Sacramento. We were like, man, this, this team is bad, bro. This team isn't <laughs> any good. And then they, but they had a couple of young pieces. And that third year when Hubie Brown came in and I was doing both radio and TV, I was doing TV sidelines. I was enjoying it. I was having a blast. And when they started winning and the, the, the town started connecting, because when I got there, I said, you're going to have to give this 15 years. So people, so kids that are seven and eight now can grow up, but you got to make it so they're good. Like if they grow up with a bad team, they're not, they're still going to be Laker yeah. and Celtic and Nick and Bulls fans, whatever. So the team got good. And uh, we went through a 50 win season, got a bad draw in the playoffs. It was uh, one of those years where we just, we, had a great run, but ended up drawing the Spurs in the first round as the sixth seed. And, and it was good night. Yeah, it was uno dos adios. Yeah. We had a fourth one in there, but, uh, you know, however you want to say it. So got swept and uh, it, it really started to change. And I, I, I credit this. A lot of people don't know this. So the, the, the station that hired me um, decided to decline the option for the radio rights for the next four years which they had the option to pick they had three and then a four-year option they say we're done we're out you guys go somewhere else and the team thankfully came to me and said we really love you we don't want to lose you will you come with us and work directly for us and i said absolutely because you and i had sure. talked about that yeah, yeah, like yeah. you get over there Big that's when things happen and so i made that decision the radio station did not uh, exactly see eye to eye with me on that decision and mm-hmm. filed a lawsuit for a violation of non-compete. And no offense to the radio station, but the, it looked like a fifth grader wrote this non-compete. Like right. it, I think my fifth grader right now would write it better. It just made no sense. And I'm like, okay. And then they came through and said a lot of things that were a little bit inaccurate. And I was like, okay, well, I, we're going to win this. But 
to my boss's credit, they they said we're gonna you're not officially on a radio station. You're on our broadcast and a radio station is picking up. You right. are our employee. Yeah, right. So that made it easy. And Don was a big rock in that. And uh, the team went on a three-game road trip. We were in the midst of the, the suit. We were starting to turn the corner on the lawsuit. It was starting to really go in our favor. And uh, played in Phoenix. Had a big win against the Suns. They go to Denver. Don goes to a sponsor dinner. As you know, those things yep. happen a lot on the road. And after dinner, he's just walking. Healthy guy, 56 years old, walking back from his, you know, shower bathroom area to his bed and his aortic valve exploded he had an aneurysm and just basically when they found him he had fallen face down they said he was gone like that we all knew they all knew it was a problem now i wasn't on the road at that time i was back in the studios and you know i just talked to this man and so i'm in a meeting with the new attorney like the lead attorney says i don't even need to waste my time with this anymore this is a done deal Let's use this, you know, junior attorney. And my boss came in and tapped me on the shoulder. And he says, hey, uh, when you're done, you need to come to Mike's office. And Mike was our president or senior, our vice president of business. And uh, I was like, all right. In my head, as yeah. a kid, you're going, great. They're done with this lawsuit nonsense. They're, they're going to find somebody else. I'm replaceable. This is awesome. What am I going to do? I just had a kid. My marriage is on the rocks anyway. And you know, this is not what I need right now. And so, all right, I, I made the decision. I'm like, just get through the meeting, hold your, you know, hold your calmness for right now. And if you go in and they fire you, just thank them and walk out the door. And then when you get home, I don't know, grab a bat and hit a tree, Yep. you know, nothing, anything that's going to do any damage to anybody, but the tree. Um, and so I was not prepared for what they told me. And they, you know, I walked in, my boss was gone was another vice president and our one of our PR people and they said hey you, you might want to have a seat for this and I was like no I'll stand you know the the vice president at the time was a, na- a woman named Marla Tanner and she, mm-hmm. I thought she kind of handled all this stuff so I was really convinced like this is the end and they told me and I just kind of did the shook my head said did you what did you wait what did you just say and I've never fainted in my life I literally had to take a knee put my hand on the floor because I thought I was going to fall over I was like that, that's not even we don't joke. Don't joke it like that. And they'll say, no, he's gone. We've got to figure out what we're going to do. Take a minute. And so I, you know, waterworks because Don was like an older brother, you know, a lot like you took me under your wing in Sacramento. He did the same in Memphis. And, you know, every summer he and his wife and our head athletic trainer and I would play golf probably three days a week. I got to know him on a different level. Uh, you know, in our business, it's really easy to look at a young person coming up and go, hey, I'm not going to help this kid because why am I going to train my replacement? But I've been fortunate to have people that were confident in what their stature was to say, I was once that kid. I'm going to help him the way I was helped by somebody. And so I've tried to do that and live in that model. But Don was always that way with me. And he was always like, you're going to get there someday. You're going to get there someday. And, you know, there's no doubt in my mind. I want you to fast forward to the scene of the first home game. Yeah. With Don's wife coming up to you when you were having a very difficult time knowing full well that Don was gone, you had the microphone yeah. in front of you, what Don meant to you, yeah. and all of a sudden Don's wife comes up to you. Yeah, we had. Uh, so I joined the team actually on the, on the road. I missed the game in Denver. I couldn't get there. You know where the Denver airport I is. Yep. So I do the game in Utah, which was kind of surreal. 
it was just almost like it, you were in a fog. Mm-hmm. Like I've told you, it hit it hit home when we were home. I drove into the arena and I'm like, you know, holy, you know what? Yeah, this is real. Like I didn't like I'm not filling in for this guy. Right. I I'm taking this now. Like this is my spot. And sitting in his chair the first time. And he had a special chair, and they wheeled it out, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. I'm not sitting in that chair. No. Like, that's his. Right. I'll just get me a regular chair. Um, they had it all set up. Like he, I was like, hey, you know, like, let me – and I'm just a You're mess. a wreck. Just a mess. Absolute wreck. It's about 5.30, and I'm just pouring over anything. I can't remember if – who we're playing, what day it is, who's on our team, who's not at this point. And we were okay. We were having a decent year, but it was an important game. It was right at the midway point Mm -hmm. of the season. And I'm just about to lose my composure, and this hand comes over and grabs me on the shoulder and, you know, gives it a gentle squeeze. I can tell it's a female hand, so I I wasn't sure, and I turn around, and there's his wife with uh, his daughter's. And I, she was actually across the table. Mm-hmm. So I got up, walked around, just bawling like a baby, um, hugged his three daughters. Um, they were, I think the youngest was 21. They're all in their early sure. 20s. Great, great people, great women. Um, and I just looked Barb in the eye and said, I, I don't want this. It's not how I want it. It's not what I want to do. Uh, this, this isn't right. And uh, she got this stern, hard look in her eye, and she said, listen, if there was one person he would pick to take this spot right now, it would be you. He believed in you. He loved you. You owe it to him to make him proud. And so at that point, I kind of got through it. Um, Sean Tui was amazing to me as well. He was the, the color analyst, and, and obviously his you know, name is well-known throughout movie circles from the blind side but he just said look man in the end we knew you could do it don knew you could do it i know you can do it just do it well just do it if you need me i'm here just do it unbelievable and it's the best advice i ever got from both of them just be you just do it don't try to be him don't try to mimic him just be you you know and that's good enough all right let's fast forward to the memphis grizzlies now they have gone from a basement team in the West <laughs> to an elite yeah. team almost overnight, yeah. okay? And they have a young, dynamic star in Ja Morant. Yeah. How unbelievably exciting is it for you and the fans to watch him play every night? And if you had a crystal ball, and I said, Eric, where do you envision him in five years in terms of the top players in the league? How would you answer that? Well, it's to to go to the first part of it. It's it's something they've never had. We had the great seven year playoff run with Zach Randolph, who Kings fans remember, and Mike Conley and Marcus Saul and Tony Allen, Dave Yeager, Lionel Hollins. It was amazing. And like every team, you got to rebuild. And we just got lucky. Got a good pick in the fourth overall guy in Jaron Jackson Jr. the year before. Hit the draft lottery when they were actually really confused at which way they want to go to start that season. That's what people forget. At one point in that season where they ended up with the number two pick, 23 games in, they had the best record in the West. Everybody was kind of going back and forth. We were, I believe, 16 and 7 at one point. And they were top in the West. 
They went on to win 20 of the lose the next 20 of the 21 games they played. And we went, well, that was fun. And so now their pick was going to be conveyed to Boston if it was outside the top or outside the top eight. So they were trying to play to give up the pick to get away from it because they wanted to be able to rebuild the next year. They win just enough games, lose a coin flip, and they're eighth. And the draft lottery comes, and they get two. And they knew right away who they wanted, right? They told them, we're going with you. We're not, we're not even interested in R.J. Barrett. This is the guy we want. Mm-hmm. Nothing against R.J. Barrett. Fine. No, play. absolutely. First time I saw him in training camp, I looked down at Brevin Knight. This kid took a rebound off the window and in about two seconds was on the other end of the floor and dunked. And I went, oh, wow. This is something different. This is explosive. This is electrifying. And that's what it's like being there on a night-in, night-out basis. You could see it right away when he was a rookie. I mean, his rookie year, he tries to dunk over Kevin Love. Right. Jumped, actually jumped over him. Actually didn't miss the dunk short, missed it long. And so I look at his dad on the way to the bus. I go, man, your son's going to get me fired. And he says, why is that? I said, this dude's going to do something like that one night, and I'm going to just drop an F-bomb. Like, holy, you know what? So it's fun. It's a lot of fun to be around. And if you ask me five years from now, because of the growth I've seen in the free th- first three years of his career, the type of mentality he has. Um, now he's young. I mean, he's got some things to learn, like all young players sure. do. And if he can stay healthy, and that's, a, you know, he did not stay as healthy last year as he would have liked. But I think there was some caution there at the end of the year to get him ready for the playoffs. And that's why he didn't play. And they were playing very well without him. Um I think he's going to be considered one of the top four players Superstar, in the league. Right? Yeah, absolute. Like, but MVP how, did, how did they play so well without a guy that is so talented at basically the quarterback position of the club? I mean, your record, the Memphis Grizzlies this past season without Morant, the record was unbelievable. Was how does ridiculous. that happen? Well, you, you won. Fortunate to have Tyus Jones as your backup, who's as mm-hmm. steady as they get. Yep. Um, he's two years in a row continuously set a record for assist to turnover ratio in a single season mm-hmm. set it in 20 and 21 and then broke it again in 20 and 20 21 22 when you're keeping the ball that helps um they added the right pieces desmond bain's been a great find having jaron jackson the full season was really helpful especially defensively role players complementary pieces like steven adams um the system is very very good taylor jenkins is a brilliant coach just absolutely brilliant they're fortunate to have him Thankfully, they've locked him up to an extension and, mm-hmm. and they continue to give him the time to grow as he continues to get better as well. But they have a next man up mentality and they know they can't replace Ja Morant. But if Ja Morant's there, I need to do a little more. I need to do mm-hmm. a little more. But when Ja's here, that's Ja's duty. We don't need to fight him on that and we'll we'll be better for it. So I think when they saw it, you know, he, he went out the day before Thanksgiving and I was like, uh-oh, because it was a non-contact mm-hmm. left knee injury. Right. And that dropped our record to 9-10. and 10. And they weren't playing well. They weren't playing good on – they were terrible on defense. They were dead last. And they went in Friday morning after shoot-around when knowing Ja was going to be out, not sure how long. And they said, the one thing we need to really clean up right now is not our offense. We're not going to outscore everybody. We've got to get back to where we were defensively because the previous year they were top five in a lot of the categories. And they flipped it from basically a quarter of the season being gone to being one of the best five defensive teams in the league in every category that you could want. They led the league in steals. They led it in blocks. They led it in, you know, it was crazy fast break points. These just incredible numbers that if you take away the first 20 games and they played like they did the next 62, Mm -hmm. they, they very well could have been the number one seed. 
they very well could have been if they had played like that. But it took them a minute to get rolling, and they had the wherewithal to see that. So I think that's part of it. They have, as a group, they have a, a swagger, a moxie to them that when they're not afraid to be held accountable, and when they are, they want to fix that. One of my favorite players in my 32 years of being involved in the NBA was somebody that really helped make the grindhouse what it was, and that's Zach Randolph. Yeah. Zach's one of my favorite players, just a great guy, but I only had a chance to be around him for a year and loved him. What was it like being around Zach and that group during that run when Memphis was right on the cusp? And and it's just so special. Hoping along with the belief that you're good, but hoping the breaks go your way to get that team a chance to play in the NBA Finals. They got one shot at the Western Conference Finals and San Antonio was so good that year and just yep. every mistake the Grizzlies made, they they punished them. Um, and part of it was, you know, what Russell Westbrook that year got hurt. Patrick Beverly, remember, dove at a ball and injured his knee. And so that probably changed the complexion of that Thunder series. Although they had played very well against the Thunder with him, it would have been a mm-hmm. really fun Western Conference semifinals. Instead, it turned into a five game. There's no way Kevin Durant by himself is going to beat us. Right. Um, and so... That group, they all had, and it was, it's crazy. They're all so different from one another. Tony Allen and Zach grew up in really tough neighborhoods. Tony mm-hmm. in Chicago, Zach in uh, Marion, Indiana. Mike Conley, obviously the son of an Olympic athlete growing up in Indianapolis, but in a very different environment than where Zach was from. And Mark grew up in Spain and then spent time in Memphis, but he was just, you know, never thought to be a real true NBA prospect until he went over after high school and played professionally instead of college and worked on his body. And then all of a sudden you put these four pieces together and it was special. And even a guy that you guys had for a minute in Sacramento after us, Rudy Gay oh, yeah. was part of that group at one point too. Yeah. Now he was the one that ended up getting jettisoned when they made a run. Shane Battier came in, but those guys, you know, they, they retired Zach's Jersey. All of them will be up there. There'll be a statue for them. It was it was amazing because they were, again, all different personalities. Mike was everybody's friend. Mark was so cerebral. Like, you, if you caught Mark on a day where he was really thinking about stuff, he might not talk to you for very long. But you, most days, he was really great. Zach was just the big, lovable guy. And uh, I had a really special bond with him. And Tony was uh, Tony was our resident lunatic that you were happy was on your side. He was just a crazy dude. But if he saw you and he knew you were with him, everything was cool. So, you know, Zach, I, I used to ride the bus with Zach to – pretty much every road game and get coffee for both of us because we had been on a road trip and in typical Zach fashion, everybody wants to take his picture. And I'm like, bro, we got to get on this bus. They're not going to yell at you. They're going to yell at me. So let's go. And I told, I called the guy, I said, Hey, look, this is what happened. And so I just said, Hey, I'll take care of this. And so Zach and I just kind of created this bond and I'd bring his coffee. We'd talk a little bit and talk about the game. We could always talk about yeah. kids. And we did a couple of commercials together out there for a furniture store. And it's, it's crazy to see his daughter and how good a basketball player she is right. now. She was the little kid in the commercial yeah. with us, like laughing and, and just a, a, a great young lady and a truly talented basketball player too. And that city connected to that group because you have – such a diverse community there where there are people there with a lot of money in Memphis. I mean, a lot of money. And there are people that have next to nothing, but everybody could identify with someone on that team in one Mm -hmm. form or another. And the fact that they could go on the court, represent Memphis at a very high level, that drew a lot of people in there. And at that time, it was very fortunate and not 
to knock the Tigers. But the university has always had a love affair with that city. No and question. the Tiger basketball team at that time was struggling a little mm-hmm. bit. And that was a benefit for us. Not that we ever want them to struggle. But it was but a it big was, time. It gave us an opportunity yep. to really win some people yep. that maybe weren't true NBA fans back on, you know, on our side. All right, so Green Bay Packers. This guy's a crazy <laughs> Packers fan. All right, that's Aaron, a quick turnaround, right? Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, let's face it. I, you know, he's a friend of mine, and mm-hmm. and I love the guy. But he's what one in five in NFC Championship Easy games. Guy. Hey, listen, I'm just calling it the way it is. Yeah. First of all, there were a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that wish they could say they were one in five in NFC Championship right. games or any championship game. He does have a Super Bowl. The guy's not going to play forever. I mean, is this the year in the NFC? It looks to me like the AFC is the far superior conference. Yeah. I think so. And uh, to me, it's right there again. You can never predict health. But see, here's what I'm concerned about. No Devontae Adams. Yeah, huge. Absolutely huge. But, I mean, they've, they've been able to do that. Yeah, that, that, was, that, that was his ace in the hole. I mean, maybe Alan Lazard steps into that role and, and fills it. He, he seemed to really build a connection. Yep. Maybe one of the other young guys. I mean, once upon a time, it was Jordy Nelson who stepped in and did that for Great him. Point. So, you know, Jordy Nelson was kind of the guy waiting in the wings and they, point. they left off of Greg Jennings who went on to other things. And it's been different guys over the years. Um, you know, so it, it's always tough to tell, but uh, yeah, no, that, that, that love affair is true. Uh, I do want to tell your listeners what a, what a complete class act you are when one time in Memphis you showed up. <laughs> the Giants had won the Super Bowl, but they had beaten the Packers in the NFC Championship. And yes. you didn't wear a Super Bowl champions hat when we met for dinner. You wore an NFC champions hat because we had a bet for dinner. That's correct. And I had to pay for dinner. So you, you politely wore the hat to remind me right. that it was my turn to pick up the check. Yes. And by yes. the way, uh, it's great to have you here in person. I'm sorry about the view as we're doing. Oh, Oh, it's terrible. I'm, I'm, yeah. I do apologize. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like the view you have in Memphis, right? <laughs> Not really. Not really. Actually, I got a view of a golf course. Yeah, well, you know, you're, I don't have a view of a 60-foot yacht <laughs> heading out to sea right now. <laughs> I wonder right. where those guys are going. Well, you know how much uh, uh, it means the world to me to see your success. And, you know, I've told you this privately. I've also said it publicly. I think you've developed into one of the best radio announcers in the entire NBA. And I could not be happier to follow your path your career and your success and it's always great to have you on well i mean it's an honor for me and i know that this is not this this i would not want this situation to be what it is i mean i'm i'm so happy to be here with you and um to be able to enjoy the afternoon but you know i this isn't to me it's still not right i i hate what went down mm-hmm. um i don't mind saying it i just i just think it it was not good for anybody involved and um i wouldn't be here without you so for me uh my loyalty is always on on your side and and you know i've got your back and anytime you need me for anything because without you really and you didn't have to that's the thing people don't realize you 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 didn't have to talk to me you didn't when i have interns and things or people that are working you, you, you know we've got our job to do and um, the fact that you were willing to take time and say, hey, look, I like what you do. I, I think you've got some talent. Let's try to figure out how we make the most of it. Not everybody will do that. So that meant the world to me. And, and having that support, uh, my favorite memories of the NBA are always going to be walking back into, you know, the building that just got torn down and um, and then into the new place and, and, and strapping on a headset and doing the show with you and, and, and seeing you there and seeing you on the road and, and things like that. It's um, I thought at one point maybe we'd have a chance to work together. I was very interested in if there was ever opening, you know, an opening there to come back home, but it just never materialized. And uh, so we'll just have to make the best of it another way. And I, I thank you for having me as always, brother.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Always good times. Catching up with my good friend, Eric Hasseltine. Let's get to our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I will answer your question Next week, David asked, what is my opinion of the Kings recently signing Kent Bazemore and Quinn Cook? Well, Cook to me is a G League player. I like Bazemore. I mean, he's a professional. He's a good guy in the locker room. He can play a little bit. He's a player that you want to have on the end of your bench. So I'm fine with it. I, I think it's good. Ben wants to know, am I surprised the NFL is appealing Watson's suspension. After how long it took for Sue Robinson to come out with her six-game suspension, I didn't think the NFL would, but when I think about it, the 23 out of 24 civil suits, only six games, I didn't think it was enough. I don't think that Watson's going to play at all this year, Ben. I really don't. So I know I'm going around and around and answering your question, but not really. I'm really not. Charlie wants to know, what's my take on Castro's phone flying out of his pocket sliding in the third base. You know what, Charlie? Welcome to the era of professional sports in 2022. Kevin wants to know if I'm a subscriber to ESPN Plus and what's your opinion of the platform? I am not a subscriber to ESPN Plus. Justin wants to know if I think that Aaron Rodgers will look like a different quarterback after doing psychedelics with his girlfriend, Blue. Look different how. He was the MVP of the league last year, Justin. Trevor asked, why doesn't the NFL change their hat rules for Kyle Shanahan? Because they have a multi-billion dollar garment deal for apparel with, is it Nike? I don't even know who the hell it is, but that's why. Chris wants to know, do I believe that Brett Favre sustained thousands of concussions like he claims? No, Chris, I do not believe that. Jackson asked, will Dave Yeager be a head coach in the NBA again. I hope so. I'm a big fan of Yeggs, both professionally and personally. Uh, I really hope he gets another chance. So I will say yes. He'll get one more opportunity. Jake asked, what age did I get my driver's license and what was my first car? I was 16 when I got my New York State driver's license and my first car was a Subaru. Alex wants to know if I think that Kristaps Porzingis would have been a bigger star at this point in his career. Yeah, you know, the knee injury really set him back, Alex. Uh, I thought he would be. It didn't work out in Dallas with Luka. You know, now it's almost like he's just another player. So I am a little surprised, Alex. I really think his knee injury had a a profound impact on his career. Rob wants to know, would David Stern handle these recent trade demands from players like KD differently than Adam Silver? 
Well, Silver came out and was, uh, you know, outspoken about it. I don't really know what David Stern could do in terms of trade demands from star players. So I will say no. There wouldn't be much he could do differently than Adam Silver. Am I surprised, Ian wants to know, that ESPN rejected the Big Ten deal? No. ESPN's losing a lot of money. They're paying their talent an enormous amount of coin. Look at what they're paying Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I mean, there's only so much money in the coffer. So I'm really not. I'm really not. That surprised. All right, that is our Crowd Ultra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com. Maybe I'll answer your question next week. It's time for Grant. Good job by the NBA to announce that they are retiring jersey number six as worn by the late Bill Russell. Again, I think it's great, but why wait until the man has died? Why do it posthumously? I don't understand that. You knew that Bill Russell wasn't going to live forever. His legacy speaks for itself. He's one of the greatest basketball players in the history of the league. He did great things off the floor. Why wait until the man is gone to announce that nobody will ever wear number six in the NBA again? Should have been done before the great Bill Russell passed away. And that is my rant for today. That is my podcast for today. Hope you have a fabulous weekend. Thanks to my good friend Eric Hasseltine and thanks to you for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.